Welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 80. I am your host, Noah Roschetta, and today I'm talking about the idea of fairness in life. Keep in mind the Dalai Lama's advice, do not use what you learn from Buddhism to be a Buddhist, use it to be a better whatever you already are. As we jump into this topic, life is not fair, I want you to um, join me in this little thought experiment. Just imagine for a moment that you're driving along the highway in your car um, and suddenly you hear a pop and you have a flat tire. So you pull over, you get out of the car, you're looking at the flat tire, um, you know, trying to decide what you're going to do next. And you look up and you realize uh, a really nice car pulls over to assist you. Uh, You can just envision whatever a nice car is to you. Uh, So this car pulls over, somebody gets out of the car, they come over, they look at your flat tire and they say, I I feel really bad for you. Um, Here, I'll I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you $100 and hopefully this will help you to have a better day. Imagine for a moment how that would feel uh, as the recipient of, of this cash. $100, there you are. You know, how do you feel for this person? How do you feel about uh, having received what you just did? In fact, let's make it a thousand dollars just to make it really, you know, much more of a big deal. Uh, I guess a hundred dollars is a big deal, but let's just say it's a thousand dollars, and you're 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 probably quite shocked and surprised. And this person, you know, based on their nice car and everything, you're assuming they have uh, a lot of money and they just felt bad for you because you have a flat tire, so they give you this this cash. How does that feel? Um, most people are probably going to feel um, very grateful, very grateful for the, for what just happened. So now let's pause that experiment and let's um, imagine. Well, actually, let's continue the uh, thought experiment. So while you're there, suddenly this other car pulls over behind the nice car. This is a an older car. Uh, Maybe not much different than yours, but this car has a flat tire as well. So they pull over, and you see the person get out of the car, and they just start working on on fixing their flat. They take out the the tools to start removing the tire and all that. So this person that you're with, who looked, you know, who gave you the money, looks at them, and you see them walking over towards them. You're thinking, oh wow, he's gonna, he or she is gonna offer them the thousand dollars too. But no, you hear you hear the following. This person walks over there and says, Oh no, looks like you got a flat tire. And the person says, Yeah, I got a flat tire and it, you know, horrible timing. I'm on my way to a job interview. I just lost my job, so I'm trying to get another job. Uh, I'm dealing with all these issues at home. And they kind of go on to give a more elaborate picture of their current life situation. And you hear this person say, you know what, I feel really uh, bad for everything that you're going through. Here, I'd like to give you $100,000. And now now how do you feel? Everything that just took place with you receiving your $1,000 felt a certain way. But now that you saw this person uh, happily extend $100,000 to this other person because of all these other complications they're going through in their life, now how do you feel? Now, if you are like most people, you probably feel a sense of, of 
frustration and anger and you're like wait a second why didn't I, I could certainly use the hundred thousand dollars too so there's this sense of fairness that comes into play where suddenly this is not fair um, so here's what's interesting about this thought experiment when when you think about receiving a thousand dollars out of the blue that feels a certain way but when you have the comparison of receiving a thousand dollars coupled with the thought you could have received one hundred thousand dollars that changes the relationship that you have with the thousand dollars doesn't it so this thought experiment this this is a an experiment that has actually taken place not with the car not with the money but with monkeys capuchin monkeys and you can see this video there's a TED talk uh, and and then the the videos on YouTube if you just search for monkey videos unfair unfair monkey experiment or uh, um, I think you can search for grapes and uh, cucumbers because the experiment that they did was the experimenter had two monkeys in in two separate cages right next to each other and they uh, taught the monkey that if the monkey hands the ex the uh, experimenter a rock the rock um, would be or the monkey would be rewarded with a cucumber a slice of a cucumber and the cucumber was very happily received the monkey ate it very happily and then they would do it with the monkey next uh, the one right next door and same thing that monkey gets a cucumber so now they both see what's happening both monkeys then the experimenter goes back and does it again where this time in exchange for the rock the experimenter hands monkey number one a cucumber but monkey number two exchanges the rock and the experimenter hands monkey number two a grape instead of a cucumber well monkey number one sees this and right away recognizes oh okay next time I do this I'm gonna get a grape so monkey number one goes back to monkey number one exchanges the rock and gets another cucumber and the monkey just immediately looks at the cucumber and then throws the cucumber at the experimenter and starts like shaking the cage well the experimenter goes back to monkey number two repeats gives monkey number two a grape so now monkey number one is really realizing oh my gosh this is this is so unfair and the experimenter re uh, puts their hand out again asking for the exchange of the rock and monkey number one it almost looks like he's thinking about it and he finally hands the experimenter the rock and once again gets a cucumber and at this point the monkey's just really really upset shaking the cage doesn't accept the cucumber throws the cucumber again this is the second time the monkey has thrown the cucumber back at the experimenter and that's essentially the uh, the clip of the video if you were to search for it but what's fascinating about this again is the relationship with receiving the cucumber is neutral in fact there's a sense of gratitude for it the monkeys happily enjoying the cucumber but something happens when the cucumber becomes compared to something else something perceived to be better in this case a grape and suddenly uh, at the thought of not receiving the grape the perceived injustice and the perceived um, inequity that, t that took place in that exchange makes the monkey no longer uh, care about or want the cucumber of like in the thought experiment above um, or before you know if, if, if you thought about the thousand dollars and how grateful you would be to receive a thousand dollars there probably was a lot less natural gratitude flowing when you realized you could have had a hundred thousand dollars like the other person who who got the flat tire 
So what is it that's taking place there? Well, in, in these experiments, what they're finding is um, uh, are, we've evolved, in a, so to speak, to, to perceive injustices, and we're not happy with injustice. We're not happy when we perceive um, that uh, something is not fair. This is totally normal. It's natural. We've all felt this at one point or another as kids with toys, um, but we continue to experience this in our day-to-day -day lives when we uh, compare our situation or we assess whatever it is that we have and compare it to what we think we should have. And I want to correlate this to the Buddhist practice or the Buddhist teaching of seeing with the eyes of wisdom, seeing the interdependent nature of things and the impermanent or continually changing nature of things. We start to see the uniqueness of each moment and it becomes more uh, habitual for us to appreciate uh, the cucumber for being a cucumber and not comparing it to a grape because it's not the same as a grape or a thousand dollars being unique it's the thousand dollars I received and not comparing it to the one hundred thousand dollars I didn't receive now I want to be clear that I'm not advocating in any way that we turn a blind eye to the injustices in the world or that we start to accept inequality uh, that's not where I'm trying to go with this what I'm trying to uh, what I'm trying to highlight here is our natural tendency to compare. Uh, comparing moments, um, you know, when we're talking about anything in terms of space and time, everything is unique. And the truth is there, there, there is no comparison. Here is here, there is there, this is this, that is that. But this isn't that, and here isn't there, and now isn't then. You know, so the, the challenge here is to try to see the uniqueness of each moment whether uh, it be pleasant or not, it's unique. Unpleasant moments and pleasant moments are equal in the sense that they're both unique. So uh, the exercise is to try to minimize, well, I don't know if that's appropriate to say minimize the comparison. I guess, I guess what's more appropriate is to recognize how natural it is to compare and then not cling to the emotions that arise due to the comparison. Because, again, I'm not advocating that, oh, you got $1,000, your neighbor just got 100000 you should not be mad. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, notice that the anger, the sense of injustice that arises, that is natural. Now, how you react to it and what you do with that emotion while you're experiencing it, that's what comes next. How do we, how do we learn to uh, sit with that discomfort? In fact, the... the there's a thought or an expression that seems to be pretty common in, in Buddhism and in a lot of Buddhist teachings, and that's this idea of sitting with discomfort. So I want to take this whole concept and kind of go a little bit uh, further with it now, with this notion of sitting uh, with discomfort. Um, what does that look like? What does it mean? So for me, in my own day-to-day -day life, and I think I've alluded to this in previous podcast episodes, but the idea of sitting with discomfort is like recognizing that I'm going to have to have the difficult discussions with family or loved ones about uh, views that I have or whatever it is, parenting decisions. Uh, it's about allowing ourselves to really feel the emotions that we're experiencing. It, it, it's about recognizing that our tendency, our natural tendency, is to chase after the emotions that feel pleasant and to feel aversion or to run away from the emotions that feel unpleasant. 
what we're trying to do with this notion of sitting with discomfort is to recognize, is trying to gain more understanding. Well, you know, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Why does this feel so uncomfortable? Why do I want to avoid having this discussion? Things of that nature. Um, so consider the, the physical sensations that arise when your body feels stressed or anxious or worried, anything along those lines. And, and the goal here is instead of resisting them, what if we could learn to sit with them? Um, so I, I, I had this uh, experience this weekend, this past weekend. Um, we were at a, 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 it's like a community function. It's a festival that we do in our little town. But anyway, what what was unfolding was during the preparations for the festival where you have to build the little huts and the tents and all the things, it, this is the night before the event, so emotions are high, um, people are stressed about getting stuff done in, in time, and two of the people there helping got into a little verbal altercation. One was complaining about having to be there to help, saying, well, we always have to be here helping this person who puts this or you know who organizes this event and puts this on and the other one was saying well you shouldn't you shouldn't be complaining about having to help because you receive a lot of help too and they happen to be siblings so you can imagine with you know it's much more natural to have these altercations with with the people who are closest to us but here's what I thought was interesting the third sibling observing all of this this third sibling happens to be like the peacemaker in her family was extremely uncomfortable with the event that was unfolding, which is there, there's conflict and words are being thrown around. So this third sibling literally jumped in the middle of the two, was waving her arms, like saying, stop, 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 you guys, stop. And I had this uh, moment of, of recognition as I was observing all of this that for a significant portion of my time, I was that third sibling, so uncomfortable with conflict so uncomfortable with the discomfort uh, that arises in me when I'm witnessing or experiencing any kind of conflict like that. And I, I felt for this person watching that unfold, saying, I know what that feels like. But it was strange to see it from this perspective that I have now where I'm, I'm comfortable with discomfort. I've, I have practiced extensively the, uh, the exercise of sitting with discomfort. Um, so as this was unfolding, I felt no aversion to the conflict. It was like, well, you guys say what you need to say. That's fine. But inside, I wasn't feeling what I had felt in the past, which is a pit in your stomach and this like intense feeling to just stop, get, get this to stop. I don't want to hear this. I am very uncomfortable with people yelling at each other. I didn't have any of those feelings. And I thought, I thought about this concept sitting with discomfort and I kind of correlated that whole experience to what I just tried to share um, with this uh, teaching of sitting with discomfort. Um, again, I think it's it's natural. We, we, we've all grown up learning to avoid discomfort at all costs. And I think this idea of uh, avoiding discomfort, it, it honestly permeates in in our societal views and norms, in our marketing messages. You know, all you have to do is turn on the TV or the radio and you're going to get some kind of a message that is essentially saying, hey, is life uncomfortable? Well, it won't be if you buy this product or this service. It'll fix it. You don't have to sit with that discomfort. 
you know, fix the discomfort, buy this thing today. That's essentially the marketing message you're going to get about anything, any product, any service. That's what they're trying to accomplish is to make you realize that you don't have to sit with the discomfort. Now, again, I'm not saying that it's a, a good thing or a bad thing to sit with discomfort. I'm glad that we have progressed as a society. We've been motivated by discomfort to make life better. Um, you know, we, we thought uh, um, enough with walking everywhere. Let's uh, let's invent the wheel. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, I am the beneficiary of um, of of that kind of progress because I I you guys may know from. Uh, other podcast episodes, or if you follow me on social media, I love to fly. I love to fly a paramotor and a and paraglide. Those are all technologies that certainly arose out of the sense of discomfort with life. I'm going to chase after something. I want to fly. Sure, that's fine. Um, again, I'm not. Uh, I want to be careful that everything that is ever shared here, it's none of it's absolute. It's not like, hey, here's the way. Here, you know, sit with discomfort. That's always the answer. It's not. Sometimes it's not the answer, but in a lot of instances, it is. It, it can be an answer to to live more skillfully. So again, I just want to emphasize that. Um, so at times, I think the mindfulness movement that is kind of prevalent right now in our culture, um, or or even Buddhism, you could say, it's kind of preached in in this way, like marketing does, where it's saying, hey, this philosophy, this practice, meditation, it's going to remove the discomfort from your life. Just meditate and it'll all be well. And the truth is, that's not how it works. Truth is, you're still going to deal with all the same crap that you had before. Uh, That kind of stuff doesn't necessarily change. So what does change? Well, what changes, again, is our ability to sit with that discomfort. Like I mentioned in that scenario, um, that I experienced over the weekend. That's where peace comes from. It's it's not the external world that's changing. It's your relationship to that external world that's changing, and that's where uh, peace arises naturally inside. Um, so, how does the need to avoid discomfort manifest in your own life? This is uh, this is an invitation for you to sit with this for a moment and and think about it, like I did. Um, I noticed that for me. I didn't like being uh, judged. I didn't like people disagreeing with my views in life. So I was a people pleaser, and that and that's fine. I still am, um, but I'm a lot more comfortable with the discomfort that arises from people not agreeing with me. You know, now I'm totally fine being around people who um, don't like my ideas at all. People who will say oh, you're going down this path to hell because you're not following the right ideology. I mean, they could tell me that, and it honestly wouldn't bother me at all because I'm I'm totally comfortable with the discomfort that was arising when I was experiencing conflict like that. So this is the invitation or the challenge that I would want to extend to you for this week, for this podcast episode, is to try to sit with the discomfort and see what that's like for a moment. And again, I'm not advocating any kind of resignation or giving up. I think too often we experience discomfort and we just give up. We don't like it, so we run from it. We try to drown it out by chasing after whatever it is we think is going to make us forget about the discomfort. We avoid the hard discussions. That This is a, 
a common example. We avoid the hard discussions um, and we put up with how things are because we're not willing to experience the discomfort that it might take for things to actually be better. I've experienced this numerous times in my own um, relationship dynamics. Topics that I know are going to be uncomfortable to bring up, but I bring them up because I know that sitting through the discomfort is the path to something better on the other end of that. Um, so try to see uh, this moment for what it is, not for what you think it should be, but just for what it is. I think this is why so many meditation practices start with just noticing the breath. Because when I'm sitting here and I'm noticing the, my breath, I'm experiencing just being for a moment. You know, we're here, we're breathing. How unique is this moment? Uh, truth is, life is not fair, but that's not a problem. It's not a problem unless we make that a problem. Uh, it's not about fairness, um, but we can strive to um, correct any injustices or inequality that we see out there. I applaud the people who spend time and, and resources and efforts doing that. But I do think it's important to also understand that um, there, there is a, a sense of uniqueness to every situation and every moment that happens in our lives, and they're not uh, meant to be compared. So try to notice that more. Try to see through those eyes of wisdom, of impermanence and interdependence, and ask yourself, what did it take for this moment to exist? You know, and uh, think about all the instances in our own lives where we are that monkey and we're comparing the cucumber to the grape. And we do this, we do this on social media, right? Oh, so and so got that job. Well, I got this job. Or so and so married that person. I married this person who's grumpy. Or, you know, we we play this game. So and so drives that kind of car. Well, I do this. Or so and so gets to go do all those fun trips. I never get to leave. And, and we're making we're making ourselves miserable like the monkey in the cage. Again, naturally, we do this naturally. Um, but if you'll remember in the episode where I talked about rebellion, we can rebel against this natural game and say, this isn't the game I want to play. I'm not going to play this anymore. I'm going to go beyond my natural tendency to throw the cucumber back at life and say, well, wait a second. This is a cucumber. What did it take for this to arise? And you start to change the nature of the game, the relationship you have with the game, out of almost this act of rebellion that says, I'm not going to I'm not gonna keep doing this the way that I've been doing. So that's what I wanted to share with you in this podcast episode. Uh, as always, if you want to learn more about Buddhism, you can always check out my book, No Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners, um, with 60 questions and answers around Buddhist history and concepts and teachings and practices. You can learn more about that book by visiting everydaybuddhism.com. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, uh, please share it with others. You can always write a review or give it a rating in iTunes. Um, and if you would like to join our online community, you can visit secularbuddhism.com forward slash community. And if you would like to make a donation to support the work I'm doing with the podcast, uh, visit secularbuddhism.com, click the donate button. And that's all I have for now. As always, I look forward to recording another podcast episode soon. Thank you for listening. Until next time.